That's a good point to make. Shoot, I just lost what I was gonna say. You mean scoot? <laughs> scoot. <laughs> scoot. I just lost it. <laughs> everyone and welcome back to another episode of let's talk turtles we appreciate you joining us for episode number two in this episode we are going to talk about something that is particular to turtles and tortoises in general their shells that's right what is the shell what's it made up of what the heck's it even do all those things are going to be answered hopefully maybe yeah before we get to the good stuff, though, let's start off uh, how we do every podcast, and that is with a positive turtle news article. Yeah, this one was especially interesting. There was a man in Michigan who was driving home, and he happened to see a turtle on the road. And being the good Samaritan that he is, he got out of his car to try to help it across, only to find out that it had already been hit. That's sad. It is sad, but it has a happy ending to it, this story. He thought that maybe she was on her way to lay eggs, so he took the turtle home with him and did a C-section on it. Don't try this at home. Wow, that's pretty intense. It is. I can't even imagine doing that. But he did, and he was able to pull out perfect little eggs, and then he incubated them, and now he has tiny turtles hatching. Oh my gosh. Well, that's pretty cool. How many eggs did he save, did it say? I believe he said there were seven. So lucky number seven. That's pretty amazing. Uh, Good on him. That's right. Yeah, that's pretty fun. And what a good job he did. Did it say what species it was? I believe they were painted turtles. Of course. Michigan painted turtles. Yeah. We see a lot of those up there, so. That is true. Well, that is our positive story of the day. That's pretty intense and pretty cool. Sad beginning, but a happy ending. Exactly. Now he's got tiny turtle friends at his house that he's going to keep around until they get strong enough to be released back into the wild. Awesome. And now, let's, let's talk, talk turtles. turtles. So today's topic, as my wonderful wife mentioned earlier, is what is a turtle shell? It is pretty unique to turtles and tortoises only. I'm not... Uh, I don't think anybody else has a bony shell. I can't think of anyone, but if you can, leave a message for us. Yeah, because I'm, I'm sure there are something out there. I'm but sure. um... When you look at a turtle, probably the first thing you notice is their shell, I would think. I agree. It's probably the most identifying characteristic of a turtle and tortoise. It's like their jewelry. It, yeah, you could they're say pretty, that. They're patterns, they're colorful, some of them. But they're all pretty. Exactly. So it's made up of three different parts. It's the carapace, the plastron, and the bridge. All right. Well, let's start with the carapace. That's that's the top of the turtle shell. It's ossified, and it's actually ribs fused to dermal bone. So it's not like some little house that they can go in and out of. It is a structural part of their body. Uh, and the spine and the ribs are actually fused to those bony plates. And that's actually what makes up the structure of the whole shell. So they can't just slip out of it like they do in the cartoons. No. I mean, they, I'm sure they can slip out once. <laughs> it probably, <laughs> probably wouldn't feel too good, though. No. 
But when I look at a turtle's carapace, the new word we just learned, I don't see a bunch of bone on top. It actually usually looks pretty colorful. Why, why is that? You're right. You don't see bone when you look at a turtle. What you're looking at are actually the scutes on top of that bony plate. The scutes are made of keratin, so the stuff that our fingernails are made up of. And as the turtle grows, new ones form, and the old ones can be shed, and so there's larger ones underneath, so the turtle can keep getting bigger. Um, scutes actually is Latin for shield, so it's kind of like the turtle's little shield of armor. Oh yeah, that makes sense. I remember in the first episode we recorded that we found out that Turtles and tortoises are more closely related to crocodilians and birds than they are to other reptiles. And crocodiles and alligators also have scutes. That makes sense then, doesn't it? Huh. We're just a learning factory today. I think it's important to recognize that scutes are not all the same. I think it's important to recognize that when you say this word a lot, it sounds really strange. Oh, that leads me... Oh. Sidebar. 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 One of my previous jobs I worked at, we had a veterinary technician, very nice person, Mm -hmm. um, but could not say scoots to save their life. Uh, (laughs) Said shoots. Every time. Shoots. I like that. What's wrong with this? Is this turtle shoots okay? (laughs) That person is awesome. (laughs) (laughs) And we'd bring it up to that person and be like, hey, you know, it's pronounced scoots. Um, like, like scoot over, here's your scoot. Uh, but still every single time shoots. Not only that, this person had seen it spelled S C U T E scoot and still says shoot and still wrote shoot. (laughs) That's great. It's like, look at all these turtle shoots. I just, it was, it was hard. Oh, it's, it's one of those words that you say it a lot and you're like, you start second-guessing yourself. Like, I'm probably <laughs> saying that wrong now, and everyone's making fun of me. Well, I've been saying it for 20 years, so I, I think it comes a little more. But, no, I see what you're saying. Yeah. At home, if you're saying scoots over and over again. Try it. At some point, you'll be like, this, this word is, is bananas. What is this word all about? <laughs> scoots, scoots, scoots. Scoot over, turtle shell. <laughs> we are two tired parents. Oh, man. Yep. But, yes, there are different kinds of scutes, and all turtles have these scutes. Ah. So the the scutes on the outside rim of the carapace mm-hmm. are called marginal scutes. That makes sense. They're on the margin of the shell. They are. And that is a very easy way to identify turtles. A lot of people use nail polish on certain ones that, I, that correspond to numbers. Mm-hmm. So anything on the left side, you might have, like, the first marginal scute on the left side. You might mark that one with a little nail polish. And then the third marginal scoot on the right side, you might mark. And that would be L1R3. That's very technical. Oh, sorry. It's okay. Anyways, they can be used for for identifying animals in, in a human care setting. Vertebral scoots are the ones that go down the spine, basically. And then in between those two, the marginal and the vertebral scoots are costal scoots. That is super interesting, but honestly, like, I'm scooted out. I can't. Let's not (laughs) say it anymore. Let's move on. (laughs) No more scoots to give? No more. (laughs) Fair enough. So you guys get it. Well, it actually works out that you have no more scoots to give Mm -hmm. because there are actually four families of turtles 
that do not have scutes. Oh, and they're my favorite. I know. And instead, <laughs> they just have like the thick skin and cartilage that covers the spine and ribs. These are things like uh, softshell turtles. Those are the most common ones that you would think of in the United States. Do they, when you touch them, how do they feel? They feel like leather. Okay. It's been a while, actually, since I've uh, handled a softshell turtle. Are you not supposed to? I didn't know if, like, the oil from your skin will, like, mess up their shell or something. Hopefully not from my skin, but maybe some people's. Maybe, if you've got a lot of lotion on. You can safely handle a softshell turtle. However, it is worth noting that they can bite really, really hard. Oh, well, don't put your finger in their mouth then. Yeah, I just, I would refrain from handling them if you have not handled them before. Yeah, it's probably a good idea. So what the heck's a bottom of the shell called? That is the plastron. It is made up of nine bones and two... <laughs> what? <laughs> <laughs> so making the show notes for these, I, I just got into writing down everything and researching this stuff. And uh, My gosh. Because, I mean, I've been doing this for a long time, but I did not know that they were made up of nine bones and two epiplastra. epiplastra. And did you know the epiplastra are basically homologous to other vertebrates' clavicles? <laughs> From now on, I'm going to write the show notes. It's, it's probably a good idea. going to be a better idea. To be honest, I, I did show these to you in advance. Yeah. I just kind of glanced through, though. So, <laughs> so yeah, that's that's some technical stuff. But uh, some pla- not all plastrons are the same, as you might mm-hmm. guess. Some plastrons are highly reduced, like a snapping turtle. So they're super tiny? Yeah. So in a snapping turtle, super they do. tiny. We could have just said that instead of highly reduced. Oh, so not all plastrons are the same. Did you know that? I didn't know. Some are tiny. Really? Yeah. Oh no, I wanted to leave that in there because okay. I liked it when I said super tiny. That's okay. what we could have said. That's what we could have said, but but I didn't. <laughs> That's okay. Sorry about that. We're all learning today. Exactly. So. In an alligator snapping turtle, actually, or an American snapping turtle, musk turtles, if you look at their plastron, it's super reduced. Any ideas why? Oh, tiny. Tiny. In those species, the plastron is tiny. Any idea why? Um, so they can dance? <laughs> I'm trying to give a hint and uh, like swimming, but oh, apparently I was swimming. dancing like an idiot. <laughs> Um, so they can swim better, of course. More I mobility, you, yeah, yeah. You, you knew meant. that all along. Yeah, we've talked about this before in our <laughs> many conversations about reduced. So many conversations. Rounds. Yeah. You wish you could be part of our family. Oh, you want some of this? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so some are reduced or mm. tiny, so they can swim around and have greater mobility for their legs and stuff. It makes sense since they spend most of their life in the water. Right. And things like uh, softshell turtles, which you mentioned, your favorite, scootless. <laughs> My favorites. Uh, they, one of their things they like to do is bury in the substrate in, in a river. So mm-hmm. uh, not only does it help them move around, but they don't need it as much for protection because mm-hmm. that's usually anchored on the bottom of the ground where usually a predator isn't coming up through that unless it's like tremors or something that would be scary have you seen tremors i I have not but i'm picturing like that sand thing and beetlejuice that comes out of the sand that sand snake thing tremors are sandworms yeah yeah oh i know those 
They haunted my dreams when I was younger, too. But <laughs> I can't believe you haven't seen Tremors. No, I don't. No, I haven't. That is a classic. It's got hmm. Kevin Bacon in it. Yeah. Like young Kevin Bacon. Really? Oh, we're watching. It's got Reba McIntyre. Oh, well, I love Reba. Okay. Okay. It's settled. We're going to watch that movie. But not all turtle plastrons are tiny. You mean highly reduced? Yeah, not all of them are highly reduced. That's right. Our box turtles downstairs, they have hinges so they can completely close up, right? Yeah, I mean, that's where they get the term box turtle. That's a good point to make. One last little nugget of information about plastrons and turtles is that a lot of turtles and tortoises have a concave plastron. That means that it kind of dents inward. Uh, at least a lot of the males do. And that's typically so the males can find the ladies and make more turtles. I said that we probably shouldn't put that little nugget in there just because this is a clean podcast, but um, it is just factual information. It is just factual information. There's nothing like dirty about it. But I, I, I think it's important to note that a lot of times that behavior is also seen in female turtles on other female turtles, a lot of times as a display of dominance. Interesting. Yeah. Interesting. Hmm. So let's move on. There's a lot less to say about the bridge. Yeah, it doesn't seem like it's nearly as important as the other two pieces, but I'm sure it has its good qualities. Yeah, I mean, the carapace and the plaster aren't just floating around That's on a true. turtle, right? They have, to be... hold... they have to be held on somewhere, right? They're connected by something, and what better way to connect two things than a bridge? It yeah. seems logical. <laughs> it serves two primary functions. So number one, it holds the shell together. Very important job. What else could it? And it also provides additional protection. Yeah, because it's got scoots, shoots, whatever you want to call shoots. them. It does? Yeah, for protection as well. Interesting. All right, so you guys made it through that. Let's move on to part two of today's topic. If you have stayed awake and with us this long, we thank you. <laughs> <laughs> she did mention she was worried uh, that this might be too dry and if it is it was her fault she absolutely made me absolutely not <laughs> <laughs> but what does a shell do uh, other well, than look pretty other than look pretty yeah uh, i think that's its primary function really i think you're right no uh i think i guess you could put these in any order of importance but mm -hmm. i would imagine number one is protection yeah. A lot of turtles and tortoises are very slow and very cumbersome, really. And that shell, that strong shell, provides them with protection from predation. Because a lot of things like to eat turtles, especially baby turtles. Yes, I've seen Moana. Oh, goodness. And remember, she has to save that little sea turtle from those bad birds that are trying to eat it. Oh, yeah. What an underrated movie. Obviously, everything you learn in life needs to come from a Disney movie. I don't think you can go wrong. No. But Moana needs more cred. It does. You know, I like Moana better than Frozen. Do you? Yeah. Hmm. It's tropical. It's warm. It's nice. Strong character. I'm not going to commit either way because I no. like everything. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. I imagine there aren't many things that could crush a turtle shell with their jaws. Not no, a lot. Not a ton. But yeah. you know one very common, now common, United States predator that specializes in eating turtles? A Burmese python. <laughs> <laughs> no. No, not that I'm aware of. Uh, American alligators. Mm, I was actually going to say that. Yeah, they have like the strongest bite force of any crocodilian, I believe. 
at least pound per square inch, maybe not total pressure, but pound per square inch. I would not want to get bitten by an alligator. No? No. Definitely not. I imagine I would not win that battle. (laughs) So it's not just protection from predators, though. Mm -hmm. Uh, It's protection from UV. I think a lot of people forget that UV, although a lot of reptiles require it to live happy, normal lives, but UV is in itself harmful. It is. Right. That's why we all put sunscreen on. That is. Mm -hmm. So it's kind of like a, you can call it like a form of sunscreen. It's screening out a lot of the bad UV. Uh, But it also allows the absorption of things in the UVB wavelength, which is a kind of a very narrow window, narrow nanometer wavelength of, that sounded super nerdy. I'm sorry. Yeah. But it is a, it's a very narrow range of UV that's beneficial to pretty much all reptiles. And it helps them synthesize vitamin D, which also helps them. Uh, convert calcium to absorbable forms when you think about that and you just think to yourself how a shell has been developed through the years and it has the properties to get rid of the harmful uv but let in the uv that it needs that's pretty incredible yeah evolution is pretty incredible it is it is there's also so protection from predation protection from uv there are also some species that have really flexible shells like the pancake tortoise we have pancake tortoises. We do. We love those smelly little things. We do love them. They do smell. They have a weird odor. They do. It's strange. Yeah, it's all pancake tortoises I've ever worked with have had like that Do you know smell. what I wish? I don't A lot of things? A lot. But I wish that pancake tortoises actually smelled like pancakes. Hmm. That would make them even better. It would. Yeah. It really would. You scared me. I thought you were going to say, I wish they were actually pancakes. And oh, I was no. like, Why? No, no, no. I wish it smelled like pancakes. Yeah. Yeah. That would be cool. Mm -hmm. But their flexible shell allows them to like sneak into small areas and protect itself from both UV and predators. So it's almost that it's an indirect way that that the flexibility of their shell kind of helps them be protected. I like it. But you can protect yourself in other ways. Sure. You can camouflage. You sure can camouflage. (laughs) Our Florida box turtles that we have have great camouflage they really do yeah they look like sun rays going through leaves on a forest floor yeah it's absolutely beautiful and i think one of the neat things is to look at that pattern and just if you held that turtle in your hand you would wonder how is this camouflage this bright brilliant yellow but when they're in their natural habitat i mean they disappear one of my favorite types of camouflage is countershading. And when I think of countershading, I think of things that are in the ocean like penguins or sharks. But a lot of aquatic turtles have countershading. When I hear countershading, for some reason, it makes me think like it's some kind of makeup technique. Like, <laughs> hey, how do you do your eyes today? Is that some kind of countershading? I'm going to start doing my makeup countershading. That would be beautiful. I might come out looking like a penguin, shark, or a turtle. Or a turtle. You never know. Yeah. I think we should take a moment to just kind of say what countershading is. I think you see it a lot in flighted animals and in aquatic animals. Basically, it's the bottom of an animal is usually very bright, and the top of an animal is usually very dark. Because when you're looking down through the water, you're looking down at darkness. And when you're looking up through the water, you're kind of looking at the light of that day. So it kind of helps those animals kind of mix in. But a lot of aquatic turtles have that kind of counter shading where the bottom of their plastron is a lot brighter than their carapace. 
since we were talking about counter shading and all things water and aquatics, another aspect of what a shell does for a turtle is it helps it from losing water. How would you even prove that? I don't know, but somebody did in a book. <laughs> <laughs> Do I need more descriptive uh, show notes? <laughs> I've mentioned this book. Some reptile book. So, that's all I wrote. It says water loss reptile book. <laughs> that's for me to know. That, uh, But I forget that she is reading this as well. <laughs> but this is in reference to uh, Reptiles of Ohio. Uh, by the biological survey um the link will be in the show notes this book is fantastic in a number of ways and i've only barely cracked it open to read some things but there was a study in 2001 that found that turtles whose scutes were damaged or missing a lot of times due to fires they appear to have difficulty osmoregulating and end up being in pretty poor condition they lost their scutes because of fires oh yeah there's a lot of habitats where seasonal fires are natural yeah and box turtles especially inhabit those a lot of those places Hmm. and they get caught in the fires sometimes they survive sometimes they don't that is the saddest picture in my mind yeah they don't move very fast like no a lot of times they just need to you know what you should do you should be a fire rescue person for turtles just go into the fire to save the turtles like Wee herman did in that reptile <laughs> store in the Pee Wee Herman movie. Yeah, he That's saved a I lot of snakes. Well, yeah. yeah, snakes. But we're talking about turtles. So I just want you to go in and grab them. I feel like you don't want me to save them. You just want me to go die in a fire. No. No, you're faster than turtles. They, like, need help. <laughs> I don't know if I'm faster than fire. <laughs> Maybe we could go find some injured ones afterwards, you know, safely. Uh, this is just... Well, that was an awful topic. I'm sorry. Well, the point is that it shows how important these shells are. I would have never thought that losing the scutes on top of their carapace would prevent them from keeping water inside. I wonder if somebody has invented artificial scutes. Like they, you know, have artificial legs and artificial limbs for people. Maybe we should do that. What I have seen is, I think there's a fairly well-circulated article with a redfoot tortoise who had a 3d printed shell and then they colored it and stuff so it looked like its shell and it was also damaged in a fire maybe that turtle didn't want it to look like the rest of the like couldn't you see these turtles out there like what do you want your scoop to look like and they have them all like bedazzled there's probably some turtles that i'm sure would like a bedazzled i would like that i don't know how well it would help with camouflage or protection you win some you lose some that's true yeah one of the last subjects we'd like to touch on as a function of the turtle shell is advertising see this is where those bedazzled shells would come in handy yeah they would come in a lot handier here Mm -hmm. there are a lot of turtles that change color at least minorly during the breeding season is there does their shell turn into like a mood ring uh you might you could say that it's one mood oh, well. for sure but uh the Quangtung river turtles a lot of times the males get really red and orange on their plastrons but the best example of advertising in a carapace or shell is probably the malaysian painted terrapin or badiger borneensis it's it's an attractive turtle for sure it's brown and apparently not attractive enough 
if it needs to change itself. It needs to stand apart. Ah. Think of it like uh, guys going out to the club, you know? They're getting all decked out and stuff. To the club. I don't know. Is that what kids do now? I don't know. I never went to a club. (laughs) Well, (laughs) that's not surprising. (laughs) During the breeding season, the males undergo a color transformation. It's really cool. On their shell, basically, like these light spots take over the dark spots, and Mm -hmm. they kind of look like they have three stripes, like one down... Uh, the backbone and two down or one down each side of the carapace Hmm. and even cooler and so that kind of signals that they're in the breeding season it looks a lot cooler but even cooler and this doesn't have anything to do with the shell i guess is that the head and neck area kind of become a very white color Mm -hmm. and then he gets a red mohawk (laughs) on his head just in just in color it doesn't raise it but sure it's it's pretty intense i would highly encourage you to google Malaysian painted terrapin and look at the look at the males during the breeding season. It's it's intense. Huh. And the ladies, they don't change at all. No, they don't need to. They're already beautiful. Exactly. Exactly. Only the males need to kind of like put on a show and lie a little yeah. bit. What a shock. <laughs> <laughs> well, guys, I will wrap up everything that we had to talk about today concerning shells. We hope you learned something new and found it interesting. Hopefully entertaining. Uh, Yes, definitely that. (laughs) These are always fun because we do have like a a show outline that we follow a little bit, but there's plenty of off script stuff. So feel free to follow me on social media. Follow us on social media at rad underscore reptiles 82 on Instagram. And then consider subscribing to our podcast. This is uh, episode two and we'll have one out once every one every month. I promise they'll they'll get better and they'll be probably a lot more fun to listen to each time. We're pretty fun. We are really fun. Not pretty fun. We are really fun. We may not go to clubs, but... Not anymore, no. <laughs> not anymore. <laughs> All right. Be sure to go on iTunes and give us a rating and a review. And if you leave a question with a five-star rating, we will answer it on an upcoming podcast. We sure will. So you were worried this was going to be uh, too technical and not a very fun episode, but I think it was pretty fun. It was, it exceeded my expectations, so yeah. that's good. Yeah, if you set your expectations low, they're yeah. a lot easier to exceed. Exactly. And what you guys will never know is all the obstacles nonstop that come with <laughs> trying to record a podcast when you have a cat, three dogs, and two kids constantly making noise, no matter where they are in the house. It's amazing how much noise is in this house. Thank you, editing. (laughs) Yeah. That makes us a somewhat presentable product. And speaking of the kids, it is time for one question interviews with Emmy and Peter. Here they come. See you guys next time. Bye. Bye. Hi, P. Hi. How are you doing? Good. Good. Hey, I have a question for you, okay? Okay. If you were a turtle, what color would your shell be? I said green. Green? Yeah. That is a perfect color. Yeah. Thanks for doing this interview. You're welcome. I love you. I love you. Hi, Emmy. Hi. So I have a question for you today. Okay. If you were a turtle, what color would your shell be? Blue. Blue? Yeah. I like it. Where would you live, you think, if you had a blue shell? Mm, the 
sky. <laughs> oh, a flying turtle. That's pretty cool. Thanks for doing the interview. You're welcome. Love you. Love you too. Bye-bye.